0: I am so excited to share with you guys what to expect in your first month of budgeting on this week's episode. Before we jump into that, I want to remind you guys of just a couple of things. First of all, don't forget that I am back on YouTube now, putting out a video every single Saturday, and I will put a link in the show notes. If you aren't subscribed over there, please jump over and subscribe, or you can just simply go to YouTube and search a sunny side up life and you're going to find me. Um, I have put out so many cute videos the past couple of weeks this past week was about my favorite things from Dollar Tree my must buys from Dollar Tree and it was so cute and it's been really fun to go over there. And be a little sillier and have a little bit more fun. Um, Like show some things, do some things that are kind of hard to do on the podcast, like showing physical items or screen sharing or things like that, which has kind of been um, how I've been deciding on those topics or like what I can't tell you guys about on the podcast. So definitely go over there and subscribe. Also, I wanna remind you about my updated resource library. I will link to it as well in the show notes. All you have to do is jump over there and log in with your first name and email address and I will give you access to my entire resource library for free. It is all of my favorite links. It is all of my favorite podcasts, favorite books, all kinds of things like that. And you guys are going to love it and it is gonna help you so much on your journey. All right, so this week, what to expect in your first month of budgeting. This isn't specifically for only your first month, but you know, that makes a really cute title, a really catchy title. Um, this is really just for the beginning of your journey and where to start. So, this might be the first few months for you, okay? Um, so, don't get hung up on the term first month, all right? So, First of all, let's talk about how to start. I like to start with the words of advice to start right where you are, okay? There is no right or wrong way to start as long as you actually start. That's all that matters, okay? And always remember that your journey is yours and no one else's. So you have had all of the experiences in your past, present, and future that no one else has had exactly like yours. Therefore, your story, your journey, your numbers, your timeline, all of those things are not gonna match 100% of anyone else's. Even if your income is the same as someone else's or your family size is the same or your debt amount is the same, it doesn't matter. It's still not going to be 100% like that other person's, okay? So I know a lot of people will focus on um, when you tell your debt-free story, for me, for example, people will want to know, well, on what income did you pay off almost $500,000? They always want to know your income or they always want to know exactly how much your debt was, things like that. And I feel like the reason behind that is we want to justify, well, if my income was that amount, I'd be able to do it too. Or, well, their debt was so much less than mine. That's why they were able to do it. Or, you know, whatever the justification is. And although I think those numbers are super motivating and can be really inspiring, there is not a recipe for success. There's not, you don't have to have a certain income. You don't have to have a certain amount of debt or you don't have to have it paid off in a certain amount of time or have a specific education or anything like that. Okay. I want you to start right where you are. So usually you guys will hear me say, you know, start with your why, focus on your why, write out your goals, do the hard work, all of those things. And although I think those things are really important and they are definitely the foundation of what defines successful or non-successful, I think the people who are successful in the long run are the people who do the hard work, are the people who know their whys, they not only set goals, but they check back in with their goals. I think those are the people that are ultimately long-term successful, okay? And the hard work is the hardest part. But (laughs) in a strange way, it actually kind of comes later and kind of is always happening <laughs> at, at the same time, like simultaneously, okay? So obviously when you first start, you already know your why in a way, you know, you're already fired up enough to at least start. You're already fed up or frustrated or motivated or whatever it is for, you know, that feeling of wanting things to be different, Or you wouldn't have hit play on this episode or you wouldn't have Googled, you know, what to do or done a Pinterest search or started a YouTube video or whatever it was, whatever your first step was, you wouldn't have done that if you already didn't have a little bit of motivation behind you, a little bit of whether that's frustration, kind of like a negative energy or just a positive like, hey, let's do better or a combination of both. (laughs) Um, This part is good okay this like fed up or frustrated ready for things to be different knowing your why like I've got to give my kids a better life or my partner works too hard like I just can't see them work this hard for their entire life or this isn't what I had dreamt for myself I want my life to look differently you know we all have our list of things right that get us started so although that is the good part and that is the foundation, I feel like you have enough of it your first month or first few months to go ahead. Like your fire's already started, okay? And I think you keep that fire going. You you tend to it little by little throughout the entire process with that hard work. So anytime you feel like your fire is starting to die down, you add a little something to it. You know, you check back in with your goals. You you know, sit down and, and journal or meditate or pray or, you know, have a good talk with your partner or your accountability buddy and you kind of go back and, you know, rekindle that flame um, and you'll have to continue that work the entire time, okay? Um, but that's kind of later. That's, that's staying motivated. Like, everyone's always worried about staying motivated when what they really need to do first is just start, Okay you can check back in in three months and try to figure out like how to stay motivated, how to, how to, you know, rekindle your flame a little bit. Um, But first of all, you have to start. And I think so many people are like, well, what if I don't stay motivated? What if I fall off the wagon? What if, what if, and they've never even actually started? Does that make sense? So we have to start first. Okay. So You might have heard me tell this story before if you've heard my personal story, but it's always worth repeating because I think it's so, so helpful. So, for us personally, we kind of had that like fuel to start. Um, We had our second daughter and we maxed out our very last credit card for my husband to fly home. He was working in New York at the time, and we live in East Texas. And I was getting induced so, you know, we could have like a planned day for him to be able to come home and all of that. Um, And it was like two or three days before she was born and he was going to buy his flight, come home, be ready for the induction, all the things. Um, And we had to max out our last credit card with anything available on it. And we actually went over the limit of a few hundred dollars. That ended up to be basically our rock bottom moment and basically... Um, not basically, it was our last charge on a credit card ever. And that was over six years ago. So that was kind of that moment where we got our fuel going. You know, we had our, we've had it fed up, frustrated moment. Like what in the world are we doing? We have two kids. This is not a way to live. So that was our start. That was our fuel to start. The next thing we did, and then this was like 10 months later. So don't think, um, you know, if you are moving kind of at a snail's pace that you're alone in that. This was 10 months later. But of course, I did have a newborn. I had the worst um, the worst part postpartum v- uh, season with my second daughter. And it was just Obviously, I mean, like we were at rock bottom financially, and now I have two kids. (laughs) It was a tough little patch there. So, like 10 months later, I decided, like, okay, you know, I'm starting to kind of feel like myself again, starting to kind of, you know, get in the swing of having two kids. And I'm like, all right, it's time to do something about this money situation. So, the very first thing I did was I got on our online banking, and we've always been debit card people/slash credit card people back in the day. Um, Anything that we couldn't buy with our debit card we would you know grab the trusty discover card and you know um, it would pick up the slack so I had all those records from our debit cards and our credit cards um, we've never really been cash people that's just kind of us so we were fortunate we had all those records at least we had records that we had wasted thousands and thousands of dollars but you get the point <laughs> at least we had those records so I got online and I printed out Everything for the past three months, all of our debit cards, um, our bank account, all of our um, credit cards, all of our transactions for the past three months. Okay, I printed them out and then I took different color highlighters and I sorted them out in categories. Okay, and what I call this is backtracking. Um, I basically went backwards and pretended like I was tracking my spending and I took, you know, um, a blue highlighter was groceries. A pink highlighter was restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And I made notes and I was like, okay, um, month one, this is what we spent in categories X, Y, and Z. Month two, X, Y, and Z. Month three, X, Y, and Z. You know. And I did that whole thing. And then I was able to get a really good idea of where we stood. And I was able to figure out... A average for groceries a month, an average for restaurants a month, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So you can do that if you have the records. And even if you're kind of like, you've partially used cash, partially used a card, you know, it'll at least give you some place to start. Or if you know that you pull out spending money every payday, you know, okay, I pull out $100 spending money and then the rest goes on the debit card. You know, you can kind of guesstimate um what you have been spending. Kind of guesstimate your backtrack spending. Okay. If you can't do that, that's okay. Um you can just start simply right where you are. So you backtrack if you can, then you start right where you are. So we're gonna start by writing down every single thing. Write it down, type it out, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um you can simply like grab a tiny notebook from Dollar Tree, like one of those real small like pocket-sized ones. Keep it in your purse, keep it in your car, whatever you need to do. You can grab an index card, you can grab a post-it, you can do it in the notes of your phone. Um, you can go ahead and make a Google Sheets and then you can get the Google Sheets app on your phone and that's free by the way. And you can go ahead and just put it straight into your spreadsheet from your phone and you can actually share that with your partner so you could both do it or if you both have iPhones I don't know how this is for Androids but if you both have iPhones you can um, also share a note in your phone and you could do that as well for tracking your spending or you can just check in with each other every day or two and you know keep receipts or jot it down and then kind of like get back together and compare notes. Um, whatever works for you. And don't be afraid to try one way, just pick one. If it doesn't work a month or two down the road, try a different way. You know, just, you know, you, you, okay, this is not working. We're not writing things down like we should. Let's try this other option instead. So you're going to want to keep track of every single purchase, okay, to the penny, the date, a short description. Um, for me, I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. I buy a lot of stuff from Walmart. So I will have Walmart, Walmart, Walmart. Some of it's fuel. Some of it is grocery. Some of it's medicine. Um, I'll have Amazon. You know, some of it is groceries. Some of it is extras, like fun stuff, things like that, household things. And so I will not just put Amazon, I will put like in parentheses dog food. Cause we have like our dog food on the Amazon subscription. Um, side note, if you haven't watched that YouTube video that I have about Amazon subscriptions and saving five to 20%, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Cause it's really cool. And that's what we've been doing for dog food, makeup, vitamins, laundry, soap, hand soap, things like that. And it's been super helpful. Um, so Make sure you know for sure like what it is, not just Amazon. Okay, what category does it go in? And your categories might change over time. You know, it's okay to start and fumble through it. And it's okay to a year down the road, adjust your categories. This this year, 2020, I actually changed a few of my categories, a few of my spending categories, a few of my sinking fund categories, just to kind of um, make them reflect well, we needed them to reflect. I had a, a blanket category of travel. And then I realized at the beginning of 2020 that I wanted to change that to work travel for when my husband flies back and forth. And I wanted to have a separate category for family travel for when we go camping and things like that. And that's okay. Um, that was... You know, we didn't need two categories for that two years ago and we do now, right? Get my point? So it's okay if they change over time um, and, you know, as you're kind of figuring this out and just as life changes, all right? So analyze um, if you like what you see when you are backtracking or as you're tracking in real time. If you see that, um, you know, your groceries are $800, do we like that or not? You know, so simply try to be your normal. Make it a game, make it a challenge. So if your groceries are $800 a month, for example, take it slow. The next month, try to make it $750 or make it $700. You don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to go from... Normally, spending $800 a month to spending $400 a month, you're going to be in a culture shock. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to probably be stressed over this super low number and you're going to get unmotivated and you're going to give up. So, we don't want that. We want long term success. And although it's like, yeah, you know, you feel like you haven't made a lot of progress because you're kind of weaning yourself off, it feels slow. But remember that we're in this for the long term and that if you do that slowly over a year, you're going to be in a really good spot and you're going to still actually be doing it, okay? So it's better to kind of do it a little more gradually over the course of six months or a year and kind of wean yourself off of those out-of-control spending habits rather than go go cold turkey and give up in two months, right? That's not what we want at all. So you can kind of see where these categories are. Um, you can see if, can you cut back that groceries? You know, do you have a big family? Do you have, you know, special dietary needs where $800 is you doing the bare minimum on your groceries? Okay, maybe you can't cut that back. So this is where you have to really make your budget your own. And that's something that I can't tell you specifically. Um you know, everyone's fuel charges are going to be different. I don't know how much you commute. I don't know what kind of vehicle you have. Um, We have a Suburban and a diesel truck. So our fuel bills are pretty high every month. And we don't really drive that far (laughs) Uh, just because we have, you know, not very fuel efficient vehicles. And I know that. And so I know, you know, how to how how to budget for that and that's going to look different for everyone so you cut back where you can but remember to not try to do it all at once meaning don't cut back every single category at once okay um you don't have to do it all in the first month and i know you're probably excited or motivated or a little angry at yourself that you let it get out of control and you want to do it really fast. But if you do too much too fast, like I said, you could burn yourself out for the long run. So think about that as well. Um, So you can kind of make it a challenge for other categories too. Not just groceries. I feel like groceries is just such a generic, you know, easy, everyone has groceries. (laughs) But you can do this for other categories too. Pick what categories you want to start with. I feel like groceries is kind of always the easiest because... There's usually cheaper meal alternatives. There's usually, um, you know, cheaper brand alternatives. Like we could cut back on snacks, like things that aren't necessary, things like that. And I feel like it's usually a pretty good place to start, but you don't have to start there. Um, maybe if you're working on your restaurant budget, you could kind of turn it into a challenge where if you were used to eating out five days a week, every, you know, Monday through Friday, maybe you could cut it back to every other day or only Mondays and Fridays or something like that. You don't have to go all or nothing. Okay. And I think that's what a lot of people think they have to do you don't have to. A budget is simply deciding where you want your money to go and telling it ahead of time, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, so if you want a budget in restaurant money, you can totally do that. The whole point is to know ahead of time and make sure that it's not hurting your long-term goals. If you are someone who doing types of challenges motivates you. You can totally do a no-spend challenge, basically where you will um, not spend any extra money for a week or a month or you know whatever amount of time you pick. You can do a pantry challenge where you try to use up all of the extra groceries in your pantry or your freezer or something like that. You could do a challenge where you don't go out to eat for a week or a month or something like that. For us personally... We've never actually done a no-spend challenge. We um, we do better like using the challenge as staying under a specific amount. So if I go into the grocery store and I know or I'm doing a grocery pickup order or something and I know that I have to stay under $100 or under $150 or something, that is much more fun of a challenge to me than like no restaurants. Because as soon as you tell me, no restaurants. All I'm going to do is want a pizza from Domino's. Like that's going to be the first thing that pops in my mind. You might be someone who you accept the challenge and that kind of challenge works good for you. Um, I feel like that's one of those things. Know yourself, try it. Like does it work for you? Does it not? And go from there. Okay. Okay. Another thing that works for some people as kind of a challenge is Some people will use gift cards to help them stay on budget. And I think of it as training wheels. Like you're not super strong of a bike rider yet. So you kind of have to have those training wheels to kind of help you balance, not fall off. Um, And gift cards could be a really great way to do that. So you could buy yourself gift cards to Starbucks or your restaurants that you like to eat lunch at. Or even Walmart or Target or somewhere like that. And kind of to help you stay on budget, to force you to stay on budget. I know a lot of people do this with Starbucks specifically. They're like, you know, they have a $20, $40 limit per month. And once it's gone off their Starbucks card, it's gone. And that helps them stay on budget and not, you know, get out of control. Because it's really easy to, you know, $3 here, $5 there at a gas station, a restaurant, or a coffee or something. And you don't realize it over the course of the month, how much that adds up to, and you could be way off your budget if you're not checking in regularly. Um, Just a side note for doing this for something like Walmart or Target, if you're doing it to like stay on your grocery budget, um, Walmart grocery pickup does not accept gift cards. At least they didn't last time I tried. So just, you know, be aware of whatever place you're buying like do they accept gift cards on their apps or their websites if that's usually how you order. Um, Plus there are other benefits to using gift cards like if you shop at Kroger for groceries I don't know if other grocery stores do this or not but a lot of times they will give you bonus fuel points for buying gift cards. So if you're buying gift cards for you know Starbucks or Subway or McDonald's, or like wherever you want to eat lunch or something, um, you can actually get extra fuel points and that'll help you save even more money and help you stay on budget with your restaurants and coffee and things like that. And there are other options like you could buy discount gift cards, digital gift cards from raise.com and I'll link to that. Um, I have a referral code for them. If you haven't tried them, they're awesome and totally legit. And um, basically, you go in there and you buy discounted gift cards. Like, uh, basically, if you had a gift card that you didn't want, you could go on Raise and you could sell it. And that's what these are. So, you can buy like a $50 gift card and it will cost you like $45 or something like that. Um, there's different percentages, and that can help you save even more. And when you buy these digital gift cards, they will email them to you. And so you can print them and so they can scan them in the store or you can just like copy and paste the um, gift card numbers and you can add it into your online account, which is what I do for Amazon, Old Navy, Target, things like that. And it's super, super easy. Um... But just a note before we go on to the next part of this. Um, remember that you are not competing with anyone else. Okay, you are competing with yourself and your numbers. So it doesn't matter if this other family of five spends five hundred dollars a month on groceries. If seven hundred is the best I can do right now, okay. Um, and I think in the internet world, the Pinterest world, the Instagram world, we get really caught up on. How a family of five only spends $200 a month on groceries. And we're like, what? I spend $700. Like, I'm way off. I must be a failure. I give up. You know, and I don't, that's not helpful at all. So you're not competing with a stranger on the internet or with your friends or what anybody else says. You're competing with yourself. You're competing with last month's numbers. That's all that matters. Okay. So every month, try to beat last month's numbers or try to get the same or you know what I mean? So use that as your competition. Use yourself as your competition. The only person we're trying to be better than is who we were yesterday, right? So think about that as you're going into setting up your spending budget. So the next thing I did on my own journey was I decided on what time frame I wanted our budget period to be. And again, you can always change this later and it doesn't matter what other people do. It matters what works best for you, okay? So pick something even if you aren't 100% sure and you can always adapt and adjust later. So we do a super weird pay period because this is how um, our budget period because this is how our pay periods fall. So we do a two week budget, then a four week budget, then a two week budget, then a four week budget, and so on and so on and so on. (laughs) And that seems really confusing to a lot of people and it is not a copy and paste like type of budget, but it works for us because that's how my husband's pay schedule works and it's super weird, but it works. So you could do whatever works for you. You can do monthly, weekly, bi-weekly, four weeks, whatever makes sense, two week, four week, like we do, whatever basically the rule of thumb here is to pull out a calendar and think big picture so we realized that my husband does um he does three weeks at work three weeks home so a six-week period and we get a two-week check and then a four-week check etc etc so we realized that big picture when we started when we looked at a whole year calendar that this was the best way to do it for us because obviously a regular monthly budget was not going to work obviously a four-week budget wasn't going to work because we're going to get another check in there and that's going to throw everything off. Um, So pull out a calendar and think big picture. And if you're really crazy like me, I like to go ahead and decide what the budget periods starting and end dates are going to be for the entire year. That's just because I'm super nerdy and maybe way too organized (laughs) when it comes to it you don't have to do that but you're not alone if that's what you want to do it makes me feel better to just sit down um at like the end of december and just plan out you know when all of the paydays are going to be for the whole next year and decide obviously because our pay schedules are super weird um i need to know ahead of time when they fall specifically and what bills are going to fall into those um, date ranges and then once you have your dates figured out you can go in and plug in the bills that are due under the heading of those time periods okay so if I know let me pull up the calendar real quick for example okay so for us for example Thursday the 28th of May is a payday so my bills anything due between the 28th and it'll be a 2 week it'll be our 2 week budget. So the 4th, the 11th. So anything due between May 28th and June 10th because June 11th will be a payday is what bills are going to be paid with that um May 28th paycheck. And so I know that because I have my dates figured out ahead of time. And so I only worry about what is due in that time frame. And I only worry about what groceries I need to buy in that time frame, what gas I will need, what restaurant money I will need for that specific two week period. Okay. Um, And I will go from there. So obviously, if you are behind, if you're just starting and you are late on some bills and things like that, you'll have to include those as well and kind of you know, manipulate those numbers and figure out how to make it work. If you're falling short, you'll have to figure out how to make that work. But that's a really good rule of thumb of where to start. Right now, you will only want to include debt minimums and we'll talk about that in just a second. You can go back in and add extra debt payments later if you have the money. But I always say make sure that your bills are paid first um, and then you will do spending money. Then you will make sure you have enough spending money and then you can go from there, which we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, So what money is left over? So we've paid our bills. We have allocated our spending money. You know, like I said at the beginning, we have tracked our spending. We've kind of came up with our new normal for our numbers. So say we're spending $700 a month on groceries and, you know, x number of dollars on restaurants, etc, cetera, etc cetera, all of our spending, we have all that figured out. So what happens when the math comes out to a negative number? You know, paycheck minus bills minus spending money equals negative number. I've totally been there. I was there for a very, very long time and it's not a great place to be. But it doesn't mean that you have to scrap the whole thing. So what you will do is you will go back, you will cut spending money first because it's the easiest to cut. Obviously, you can't cut, you know, your electric bill or your rent or something super easily, okay? So you'll go back, you'll cut spending where you can, move numbers around until it all works on paper. And this is what a budget is, you guys. This is what a budget is is figuring out where your money is gonna go ahead of time. So when you see it on paper a couple of days before payday and you see that number coming out to negative, you know it ahead of time so you're able to move numbers around beforehand instead of figuring it out five days after payday when you're like, oh crap, there's not enough money to buy groceries and pay the electric bill. What will we do? I already spent all of this money on crap on Amazon now what do I do, right? Because we didn't plan ahead, we didn't know how much we needed for groceries, how much we needed for electricity, and how much fun money was left, okay? So we're gonna move numbers around until it works on paper, until we at least get a zero balance, or have money left over, you know, wherever you are. If you have moved your spending money around, you know, you've cut back, you've cut back, and you can't cut back anymore, The next thing you can do is cancel a bill, look at cutting off a service, look at switching companies to try to get a cheaper rate, things like that. You could be super extreme like we were and we moved. (laughs) We completely just moved from a 3,000 square foot house to a 650 square foot house. And obviously that lowered a lot of bills. Uh, We went from a $1,400 a month mortgage to $600 rent. Our electric bill was usually two to 300 Now it's more like $100. Um, our water bill is about the same because we still take the same amount of showers and <laughs> wash the same amount of laundry and things like that. Um, but our insurance, obviously, I mean, we, we um, had a mortgage on that house and now we're just renting. So our insurance is crazy cheaper. Just all kinds of things like that that are going to add up. Um, So if your bills are too much, maybe you might want to consider doing something super extreme like we did and completely downsizing your house, downsizing your electric bill, downsizing your insurance, you know, all those things. Um, Or maybe it's just simply like, you know, shopping around for an electricity provider or different internet provider, or cell phone provider, or you know, cutting cable, blah blah blah. Like, if anybody actually still has cable anymore, <laughs> most people I know don't have it anymore anyway. Um, but things like that. Okay. The next thing you could do is earn extra money, right? Um, you know, you can think about a side hustle. I'm gonna link to a great episode. I have a um, that I had a guest and we talked about side hustles. I'll link to that. It's super helpful you know, maybe working overtime. I know right now with the virus and everything, um, you know, that's not an option for a lot of people, but we're talking about in regular times, we're talking about when things get back to normal, all of that. Um, Another option is always selling things, you know, clutter around the house, post it on Facebook Marketplace, you know, post it on Mercari or Poshmark or eBay or, you know, something like that and get something sold. So remember here, that if you are in a place where the numbers come out negative, there are only two things that you can do. Always. There are only two things. You can spend less or you can earn more. Okay? So first, try to spend less. If that doesn't work, try to earn more. If that doesn't work, try to do both. <laughs> um, I mean, there is no magic to that. That's, that's what it is you can only spend less and you can only earn more. Those are the only two things that you can do in this situation, okay? So, if you get to doing the math where paycheck minus bills minus spending and it comes out to zero, that's perfect, okay? This is what a $0 budget a zero-based budget is. That's what it is. You want every dollar to have a purpose. You want it to come out to zero. Okay, that's what you want. Ideally, you want it to come out to zero with throwing extra money at debt or throwing tons of money in a savings account. Ideally, that's what we want. Um, But mostly, you know, we want our bills paid. We want enough spending money to buy what we need. And that is the first two things. Those are the most important things, okay? then debt, then savings, um, or savings and debt would be simultaneous, you know, they're equally important. <laughs> um, okay, so what do we do if we have leftover money? So paycheck minus bills minus spending, and there's extra, there's, you know, $200 just sitting there. And you're like, "Wow, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, I cut back my groceries. Oh, yeah, I cut back my restaurants, you know, now I have $200. Sweet, what do I do with it? Um, so, we wanna work on savings, right? We wanna make sure that we have a good chunk of money in savings for our emergency fund. Um, I'm gonna link to episode 90, where I talked about my opinion on the Dave Ramsey baby steps. And in that episode, I talked more about my opinion on how much your emergency fund should be. So I won't get you know really into that right now. If you're interested, you haven't listened, go back, listen to episode 90, and um, you can hear more about that. So we wanna have a good chunk in savings. We want to start paying extra on our debt. We want to give ourselves a little extra in the spending categories, maybe, or maybe we want to do all three. You know, you get to decide. That is the beautiful thing about a budget. A budget is a plan for your money. It is you telling it where it's going to go. So, if you have two hundred dollars left over, and you say, you know what, a hundred to paying extra on debt, fifty to savings, fifty to restaurants that's you there is no financial police that is going to come get you there is no one that's going to look over your shoulder and go um you shouldn't have spent that extra money you know it doesn't matter you get to decide as long as you and your partner are on the same page right (laughs) I can't I can't help you there but other than you and your partner it's no one else's (laughs) business okay so a few kind of closing thoughts I know this episode is getting long. Stick with me here. The most important things to remember, make a plan before it happens, okay? Write down your spending. Writing down your spending after the fact is not budgeting. That's backtracking. That's what we talked about at the beginning. That is not the same as budgeting. So sitting down a few days before before your budget period starts, aka a few days before payday, You sit down, you come up with a plan for where you want that money to go. You know um, that there is 40 hours on this paycheck. You know it's going to be X number of dollars. Okay, cool. Where is that money going to go? Okay. And then when it is payday, which I'm looking forward to payday, this episode is coming out on payday. Shout out to payday. (laughs) Um, I'm going to sit down. That'll be the first thing I do. If I don't stay up past midnight, which I do sometimes, um, waiting for that direct deposit and then I'll do like the budget at like 1 or 2 a.m. because I'm a super nerd. Uh, <laughs> on payday, you will simply make sure all of that money goes to all of the places that you said it was gonna go on your spreadsheet, right? Or on your handwritten paper, whatever it is. You're gonna pay your bills or you're gonna make sure that the money is in the bills account for the... Um, for the automatic payments to come out. Um, If you are curious of how I organize my bank accounts, I will link to the episode of how I organize my bank accounts. Um, I actually have a podcast episode and a YouTube video for this. So I'll link to both and you can pick your poison. (laughs) Um, It's super, super helpful. And I've had so many people tell me that that was a light bulb moment for them. So basically I separate my bills and my spending. They're in two separate, checking accounts debit card accounts whatever you want to call them and i will make sure all of my bills money is in my bills account so my automatic payments can come out Or i can write a check for my rent whatever i need to do i will um transfer over my spending money or you withdraw cash at this point if you want to do cash envelopes and allocate your spending money like you said you were going to do on your paper when it's gone, it's gone, right? And if an emergency does come up or you do go over, because remember, you're still a newbie, um, you're still a rookie and you still have your training wheels on and that's totally cool. If you do go over, that's what we have a savings account for. That's what we have an emergency fund for. So pull from that if you go over, instead of just leaving that extra money just laying around. So you have, you know, left over instead of just leaving it sitting in your spending account because what's going to happen it's going to get spent for sure you have $200 left over put it in your emergency fund and then if you do go $20 $50 over budget and you see you know a couple days before payday like I'm not going to make it (laughs) you can get you can pull a little bit out you know within reason obviously use personal restraint but it's better than just letting it sit because if you let it sit, let it sit it will get spent. Even I do this like six years later. if I don't put it in savings, it will get spent. Trust me. <laughs> um, and if you are for sure like you've allocated money to savings, put it in savings right then. Do it right then on payday. Don't wait you know until a few days later because like I said, you'll get into it for sure. If you're gonna make extra debt payments, do it right then or have the money sitting in your bills account for your automatic payment to come out, you know, put that money where it goes. Don't leave it just sitting in your spending account. And then during that budget period, you know, whether it's a month or four weeks or two weeks or one week, whatever it is, check in every day, okay? When you are doing this, remember, you still have training wheels on. You are still have to be hyper focused okay so you will have to check in every single day until it becomes a habit so pick your time of day whenever that works for you mine was my kids were super little when I started doing this so I would do after breakfast like as soon as they would eat their breakfast they'd run off and play and I'd have a a couple of minutes of quiet and I could update the budget reconcile you know log some spending whatever i needed to do maybe for you this is your lunch break maybe this is right before dinner after the kids go to bed whatever it is set a timer in your phone if you need to okay put it on your to-do list every single day so you can check it off whatever you need to do check in every single day for the first few months Um, also during the budget period check off the bills as they clear double check the balances of the account. Is everything coming out to the penny like it's supposed to? I talk about that more in the how I organize my bills, um, how I organize my bank accounts episode. Um, Also, if you have my digital budgeting system worksheets, which I'll link to that as well, if you're not familiar, it is basically the spreadsheet that I use to budget. And I sell Um, access to them for $20 and it's amazing. It's a full system. I actually have check marks right next to your bills where you can go and click, click, click and they're cleared. So you can um, make sure your balance is good and everything. Make sure you're writing down your spending every single day and make sure you are keeping up with your categories. Make sure you're keeping up with the totals of those categories and know where you stand. So if you have allocated $700 for spending, and you're halfway through the budget period, you know you spent 500, make sure you know that you have 200 left, okay? Make sure you know where you stand with every single category, and also communicate with your partner on where you stand. So if you're getting short on grocery money, you know, make sure your partner knows if they're gonna be the one running to the store, or if you're getting short on restaurant money, or if you're good with restaurants, you're like, hey, you know, we're doing really good with restaurants, go ahead and... Um, you know, get lunch a third day this week. Like, you're totally fine. Go ahead, treat yourself, you know. (laughs) Um, Communicate with them and let them know where they stand if you're the one reconciling the budget. The communication is super, super key, especially in the beginning when it feels awkward and it's a little rusty and you're both just trying to kind of get the hang of what you're doing. All right, so moving forward, moving forward. So this is after the first few months. Maybe that's six months. Maybe that's a year, whatever it is. Then we're going to, you know, go back to doing the heart work. We're going to go back to checking in, you know, remembering that this journey is a heart journey, a soul journey, a holistic journey, just as much as it is a numerical journey, a financial journey. Okay, we have to do that foundational work. And that happens slowly over time. Okay, we're going to start to work on dreaming up a goals list. You know, where do we want to be in 10 years? Um, I'll link to episode 91, last week's episode where I talked with Nicole. We talked about 10-year goals and how to do all that. And it was so great. Um, You'll want to work on, you know, adding up your debt, making a timeline for your debt. Um, If you haven't yet, check out the Easy Budget Debt Snowball Calculator and it will help you come up with a timeline. You can plug in all of your debt numbers and it'll help you figure out like when you should be debt free. I'll link to that as well. I'm linking to all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, work on cutting back more of your spending categories or work on cutting back more in your bills category as you go. Remember, you don't have to do this all at once. It can happen gradually over time. Um, Maybe a few months in, you'll want to work on amping up your income. Can you pick up a side hustle? Can you start to sell things around the house? What can you do to increase that income? And then you can kind of work on, you know, I feel like after you kind of get those training wheels off, you can work on being more of what Dave Ramsey calls gazelle intense, or as I call it, obsessed, (laughs) and turning your budget into a hobby. And it's really awkward at first, and it's not always super fun at first because, you know, we're new at it, and it's hard, and it's confusing, and it's frustrating. Um, It's okay if you're not, like, obsessed at first. If it's not a hobby, if you're not, you know, straight out the gate, gazelle intense, that's okay. That can come later. Um, But that, you know, to the next phase, remember that your training wheels are still on and it's okay until you get to that next phase it's okay it's okay to take it slow and steady it's okay if you fall keep thinking of the bike analogy okay and if you're a parent and you've ever taught one of your children to ride a bike or you remember yourself when you learned how to ride a bike it's scary You know, you're doing something brand new, you're wobbly, you're going, you're going so fast, but yet you're so excited. It is the whole, it is the whole analogy of wobbly and scared, but yet exhilarating and all of these things. This is all normal. So anytime you fall off, anytime you fall, anytime you're like, this is hard, this is challenging. Think about riding a bike. You will fall. You are going to fall. Sorry. You're going to get some scraped knees. But guess what? You're going to be okay. You will want to quit. Anyone have that child? My middle my middle daughter is that. She was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Take the training wheels off. She rode once without them. And she was like, daddy, put those training wheels back on. I'm not ready. <laughs> but she didn't quit. She knew, you know, I'm going to need training wheels a little bit longer. And that's Okay but once you get the hang of it, is it not the best thing ever? It is. Once it becomes normal, once it becomes a habit, once it's second nature to you, it's amazing, okay? You are in this for the long haul, so don't quit just because you fall down once or twice or 10 or 12 times. <laughs> don't freak yourself out. Don't don't make things hard between you and your partner Um, by going super crazy and freaking out on everyone and thinking that you'll never get to have fun again or you'll never be able to eat out again. Never, never, never. That is gonna drive you crazy. That is gonna drive your partner crazy. That is gonna drive everyone around you crazy. Balance, my friend, slow and steady. Be excited about the possibilities, but remember to ease into it at your own pace. Not my pace, not her pace, your own pace over these next few steps okay these next few months will be challenging but you will look back and be so glad that you didn't quit okay and this is someone telling you this six years later you will be so glad and you will look back and you will laugh you will say oh my gosh remember that time when i fell remember what happened remember i got that skinny and I'm so glad that I got back up, okay? I hope this episode was helpful. Um, I hope this advice was helpful. Please share this episode because you never know, you know, who on your friends list needs to hear this. And I will link to everything that I mentioned. Check out all the stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And don't forget to check out my free resource library, which I will link to as well, as well as all of the other things that I mentioned, all kinds of things that I have to now go find the links to, which I will. (laughs) All right, you guys, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.